You are listening to a Modern Nonprofit Podcast, a podcast for leaders of today's nonprofits. We focus on the most pressing issues in a modern nonprofit, from grant writing and fundraising to back office administration like accounting. If you are looking for tips and hacks to make your nonprofit more modern and intentional, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Tasha Anderson. I've worked with hundreds of nonprofits over many years in different capacities. First as an auditor, then a CFO of a nonprofit, and now I'm a CPA that owns the Charity CFO, an accounting firm working exclusively with nonprofit organizations. I'm passionate about trying to make the work of nonprofits even easier through the most modern practices I've learned from some of our most successful clients. Keep listening. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of A Modern Nonprofit Podcast. My name is Tasha Anderson and I'm the host today. I am talking about something, as you all know, that I've been listening for a few um, episodes now, that I'm a big marketing and branding junkie. I love all things kind of PR, um, marketing, advertising. I really love um, just the psychology of, of, of things that make people interested in brands or or purchasing services. or um, And that's not unique to nonprofit organizations. So today, I invited my new friend, Beth Brodowski. Um, Beth, you are the president of Iris Creative Group, and you do marketing for nonprofits. So similar to me, where I do nonprofit accounting, you do nonprofit marketing. So thank you, Beth, for joining us. I'm, I'm really excited to get started on this conversation. It's one of the things I love talking about the most. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. It's funny, I started this podcast with the vision, nobody wants to, first of all, nobody wants to listen to an accountant talk all the time. Um, <laughs> but um, I started this with the idea that, you know, I can bring people that I've met that have a really interesting spin on other things that um, nonprofits are doing or could be doing or should consider doing that are not necessarily accounting related. Because I personally love talking about all the different elements of business, whether it's for profit or nonprofit, and how all these things kind of interrelate. So I tell people all the time, yes, I'm an accountant, of course, but I just love business as a whole, um, especially the operations of a nonprofit. And marketing uh, and branding is certainly something that I think nonprofits, it's usually kind of an afterthought. It's a, it's a budget line item that sadly gets cut um, pretty mm-hmm. regularly. I, I know because I put the budgets together, right? <laughs> so um, Beth, today we're going to talk about Brandy. And I guess right out of the gate, my first question for you. So when organizations ask you about branding or they start thinking about branding, what are they looking for? Or maybe what do you mean by branding when you work with clients? That is such a great place to start this conversation because it really is the heart, the heart of it because mm-hmm. it means different things to different people. It's mm-hmm. it's a word that lives, you know, in our world and so a branding consultant someone like me, we have our own idea of what branding means and it's also quite likely that you could put 10 of me up here in a row and we all mm-hmm. might have a different even even people mm-hmm. in branding have different meanings to the word mm. but in the you know 30 plus years that I've been working in branding with nonprofits I've really kind of seen it fall into three general groups when mm. people say that they're looking for branding one of the things that they might mean is that they want more people to know about them Mm. And so in the marketing world, having more people to know about you is actually brand marketing. It's not mm. branding or rebranding mm. or brand strategy. It's the, it's the deployment of a brand mm. out into the world to help bring back the right stuff. That's actually mm. marketing. And mm. so when you're thinking about, I need branding or, or a lot of times people might say, I want brand awareness, brand mm. awareness kind of requires 
you already have a brand you have and and pretty much everyone has a brand whether you've cultivated it or not but that that's one of the things that people mean that to somebody in my seat you know if you're looking if you're working with a branding firm we might think oh well that's actually not what we do like that's marketing mm. not branding which is so mm. weird because you know if this isn't your world you think of them as all the same thing, kind of like, you know, someone might say bookkeeping and accounting, which right. is related, but not exactly the same thing. Right. Right. You know? Right. And so that's one thing that they might mean. Another thing that somebody might mean when they say branding is what in our world we would call brand identity. It's mm-hmm. the graphic design or like the visual, we would call mm-hmm. the visual hooks, the things that you see related to a brand, your mm-hmm. logo, your colors, the fonts that you choose, your graphic design style, mm-hmm. the, the, the type of pictures that you choose, your website, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of your like visual, the visual side, sometimes like the message, but mostly it's how do things look mm-hmm. and talk about brand identity? You know, what are the, what are the visual range of things that you're using? And so a lot of times when somebody says we've just rebranded, what they often mean is we got a new logo and did a new website. Gotcha. And, and we're and then we're going to switch everything else out from there. Sure. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. Sometimes people will call that a brand refresh or something mm-hmm. like that. The challenge and the thing that we often will see to people is that they do a visual, a brand identity, a graphic design project mm-hmm. when they need a strategic project because the third the third type of branding mm-hmm that people mean when they talk about branding goes much deeper than the logo and the website. Those are kind of like the third stage of a branding project. But if you, if you change your logo or mm-hmm. even if you change your color or a font, what mm-hmm. happens after that is you've got to change your website. You've got to change mm-hmm. your business cards. You've got typically about 18 months yeah. and, and a lot of expenses in like revolving out and we we call it brand transition like changing Mm -hmm. everything over if it turns out that your logo was the problem your logo was dated it was old it didn't represent who you were today or it just had like an out-of-date look Mm -hmm. and refreshing it can be life-changing it can it can Mm -hmm. bring things up it can capture attention it's amazing but if the problem was further back in the food chain maybe Mm -hmm. your message is off Maybe you're not focused mm-hmm. on the right audience. Maybe you don't know out of all those audiences that you're focusing on, are you putting your attention and your and your brand messaging into the right one? Maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe your mission and vision are off. Maybe your values aren't aligned with the audiences mm-hmm. that you're most trying to attract. Maybe you don't have a positioning statement, meaning we haven't clarified. You know, we, we've all seen those mission statements that have like mm-hmm. 25 commas in them. Yeah. You know, Maybe you haven't figured out how to connect your mission to your marketing. Brand mm-hmm. strategy is the bridge that connects your mission to your marketing. It's it's the simplification, the clarification of what who are we and what mm-hmm. are the things that we're best at and who's out there that deeply, deeply wants what we have and where's that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. where those two things match up perfectly. That's your brand, your capital B brand, your brand strategy. Mm-hmm. 
And so typically some clients know that they need that strategic stuff. Some sure. people don't need that. They really have that in good shape and it's, it's the visual stuff that's the problem. And some mm-hmm. people have all of that in good shape or maybe not so good shape, but their priority, the thing they would need right now is marketing. So mm-hmm. what I usually try and when we begin working with clients, that's the very first thing I have to do is pull on the threads to find out mm-hmm. What's what what do, like what do they mean by branding and mm-hmm. how does it align with those sort of three big buckets that we mean by branding? Well, and it's interesting. It's it's what do they mean? But also sometimes they people think they know what they need and that's not actually what they need. Which is what you would mention. It's it's really fascinating because I have this problem all the time. I I get you know in touch with lots of nonprofits all the time, and I will before I get on a consultation with them, I will look at their website. I will pull up their nine ninety. I'll look and see yep. if I can find an annual report. I want to know a good amount about mm-hmm. them. Um, and thankfully, when you work in the nonprofit space, that information is readily available. I know, it's great. And I can't tell you how many times that I will look at a website or a nine ninety or something, and I well, it's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my series of things when I can't figure out what exactly they do. I'll go to the website and I will say, and this is, this is probably a little controversial to say, I've never met a group other than maybe attorneys that will use so many words to describe what they do, almost over ex- explaining something to the point now I know I have no idea what it is in fact you do. Mm-hmm. So when I when I have that issue on the website, I'm like, I have no idea what these folks do or, or who they work with or what their program is. It's it was mm-hmm. so like philosophical and, and kind of pie in the sky in some ways. So then I go to the 990 because the IRS only gives you like two lines mm-hmm. <laughs> to fit your to fit your mission on. So if you have a really long-winded mission statement, it's like, okay, the 990 will at least tell me what it is. And then even then, if it's so broad and vague, then I'll go down to the section where it'll say like, what are your programs? And say, okay, what are we actually doing if we had right. to explain to somebody what we're actually doing? And I will still say that there are times where I still get on the call and I have no idea what they're doing. And so for me, if I... You could be a number of people, you could be a potential donor. And if I, if me, if I've gone through this due diligence to figure out really intentionally, like, what is it that that they do to see if it aligns with the work that we do and maybe could we help them? If I can't figure it out, then maybe a donor can't quite figure it out. But there's kind of the other side of like, say that you offer a program that supports people in the community through actual services that you're rendering to them and they need those resources and they can't figure out what it is that you do. As you were um, mentioning that you've got to find that sweet spot in that intersection of you're explaining what it is you're doing. You're explaining, you know, who you are and and the people that you serve and and finding donors that maybe want to support your organization, but also recipients of of the, the good that your program is doing. And I come across so many organizations that just completely miss it um, with that. And, and I love what you said, just simplifying what you're doing. And I think that's oftentimes what it is. And it's, it's funny, I had this issue back with my own website, I would get on the phone with nonprofits, and they'd say, Tasha, what is it that you do? And the fact that they have to ask me what I do Mm -hmm. is problematic to me in and of itself. And they may not ask me point blank what it is I do, but they'll ask me questions that very clearly, I thought were clear, and they clearly were not clear. Um, things that I don't do. Like I'm not an audit firm. I don't do audits. And mm-hmm. the fact that you've gone to my website and you're still uncertain whether I do that was problematic for me. So I take into account every time somebody asks for clarification on what I do, or it seems that I've just missed an opportunity to make it abundantly clear when somebody has gone to my website. If it's not really simple, 
because I work in a technical jargony space mm -hmm. and I recognize that an average person that really has no interest in the nuances of accounting, I need to be really simple about what we do or don't do. And, and I would say the same for nonprofits too. And I find this all the time that it's, it's not simple enough for the average person that's oh not God. in the technical space of whatever the program is, whether it's education or social service or, you know, mental health services or whatever it might be that is, is, is technical in nature from the practitioner standpoint. And it's so, you're so right. Absolutely. It's like everybody's websites read like they're, you know, a well-funded tech startup. Yes. You know, we all have to maximize the efficiency and effectiveness of empowering the community to do better things. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What, what does that even mean? It's, I call it strategic mm -hmm. writing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that vagueness. And some of that's because people do do a wide variety of things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because they don't want to box themselves in. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. because I hate, you know, really smart people start nonprofits and mm -hmm. smart people often get, get in our own way, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. you have all the big words and, mm -hmm. And it's so hard. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you're not writing for yourself. You, mm -hmm. You're writing for your audience. The, the biggest mm -hmm. mistake that anybody makes in marketing and very much in branding is becoming unwilling to be perfect for some mm -hmm. at the expense of being totally wrong for others. Because mm -hmm. as an especially more, a nonprofit more so even than a company, because you know, you, if you're trying to cure cancer or if you're trying to like feed kids breakfast who don't get it, you, you want, you, of course you believe everybody is going to care about your work and this is amazing and why mm -hmm. shouldn't, but the more genericized, the more we try and appeal to everyone, the wider our arms get. And I know a consultant that says you become an inch deep and a mile wide when you're really mm -hmm. an inch wide and a mile deep. You mm. attract people, you build a following by being narrow and focused, mm -hmm. and then you can mm -hmm. get wide later. It's easy to look at a company like, let's say, Amazon, and mm. see that they're this ginormous behemoth and mm -hmm. forget that they started out selling books. Right. Look at Facebook, and you forget that they started out on college campuses. Mm -hmm. like, until you have filled that bucket full. Yes resist getting wider. Even if you already do a lot of things, there are other ways to narrow. There's other ways to narrow your focus. And there's always a perfect person. There's always out of all of the people that you serve, there's always one thing that you do. This is one of the things that we talk about a lot. We call it a desirable action. And this mm -hmm. is where we often go to look for people is, if, you know, if you imagine all the things that you do and you could pick one thing that if you could 10X or a hundred exit, you would mm -hmm. be gold. And if you don't know, go ask your accountant, you know, right? Mm -hmm. An mm -hmm. accountant is going to be able to see, see in your numbers, mm -hmm. you could, you could put all of your energy everywhere, but if, but this thing, if you could double, triple, quadruple this thing, mm -hmm. you're going to have more bang for your buck, or you're going to have more profit in, in exchange for the expense. There is always something in an organization and at an organization, when you find that thing, now go out and look at the people who are doing it now. We call mm -hmm. them, we call them your lover. So look at those people. So let's just say it's the people that are giving you a $10,000 gift, you know, or maybe you're a membership organization and it's your members that have been members for five years. There's mm -hmm. always some action driven data point. One of the great things about a nonprofit versus maybe a company is that 
there's databases that track all of these actions, mm-hmm. track the donations, track the people that show up at events, track the memberships, track the renewals, track track the people that disappear and fall off. So you can mm-hmm. see what's happening. And, and it's amazing. And if you can find the people that are doing the most important things at your organization, the most often, mm-hmm. those are your lovers. Like those are the people that if you mess up with them, you're going to struggle as an organization. And people... Mm-hmm. It's so easy to look at something like branding and think that it's just about marketing or think that it's just about graphic design or think that it's just for the people that like things to look pretty. But branding done right is intrinsically linked to operations and finances because Mm -hmm. the purpose of your brand is to attract in exactly what you want and need. And if you don't think about, I mean, it's very hard sometimes it's a nonprofit because we're doing good things, but if you don't think about the financial needs that you have and how you're going to fill up your financial buckets well enough so that you can serve this cause beautifully, you're not going to be able to do all the things that you want to do. So pointing a brand at something you want versus something that will allow you to thrive Mm-hmm. is, you know, just a recipe for pain. You know, yeah. I always am trying to encourage people like you can't design, uh, we, we call it hope marketing, you know, mm-hmm. you can't go out there and market to like hope that, you know, Oprah tweets about you or, mm-hmm. you know, some random thing, like, wouldn't it be great if is not a strong way to build a foundation for growth, a foundation where you're going to be attracting in people that love you enough to adopt your brand and then grab their friend's hands and drag them over. That's brand, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. everything, it, anything underneath of that, you're going to have to market and market and market to get to make it happen. Mm. Love that. There's so many, there's so many different thoughts that I'm thinking of here, but I think I'll get to those at some point. Um, I'm curious though, we've talked about different types of projects. I, I think where we've seen organizations kind of miss on the marketing branding side. I'm curious, how can an organization decide what kind of branding project is right for them? Where would they set? Because again, they don't always know what they need to, they what, they need. what they need. So how would an organization even pick which project is the right thing for them to start with? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a terrific question. And in fact, we actually just recently wrote two very short little two-page documents. One is, what do we mean by branding? That kind of talks about these three different types of projects. And in that document, we put a bunch of prompts. Are you having this problem? Are you having that mm. problem? And it can be, it's very, very short, hopefully, cross my fingers, hopefully very simple. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have a webpage that this will go up on that we can make it available to people. Yeah. You can always reach out to us at iriscreative.com and we can get you a copy. And um, so the first thing is, you, as an organization, you have to understand where your problem is. Is mm-hmm. your problem uh, marketing today? Is your problem that you have an immediate need? You need somebody to show up at an event. You need you need somebody to give you money. You need members. You need you need mm-hmm. a thing to happen now. Marketing, you know, is mm-hmm. your problem that you that, that your look and feel is off? You know, that'll show up in um, you know not liking how something looks or, or feeling like it's not clear or visually compelling or attracting the right people? Or is your problem deeper? Do you feel like mm-hmm. your message is off? And so we, we have to go in and analyze that and kind of look at it and find out uh, what's behind that. And mm-hmm. so some of the questions to ask about, you know, where the real problem is, are, um, is your, are your materials creating the input? When you look at your materials, mm. are you 
creating the impression like does what a stranger would your mother-in-law would would a friend on the street look at you do they under do people understand what you do mm-hmm. is is understanding what you do compelling people because one of the trickiest things in marketing is that we think because things are clear and informative that we've succeeded mm. but specifically in it, all marketing is psychology and yes. and nonprofit marketing more so than really anything else it's almost we almost have more of a need of it because mm-hmm. if you are if you're in the in the four products world if you're in the commercial world and you need a pair of jeans you're going to go buy a pair of jeans you probably will have an attachment to a certain brand of jeans because they've mm-hmm. always worked for you or because they're cool at the moment or whatever mm-hmm. um, but you're going to buy it and then you're going to consume and use that project and appreciate that when it comes to a nonprofit a lot of times the ben- you're doing something because it benefits somebody else mm-hmm. or you're doing something because it's important to you that this thing exists in the world, psychologically, very different, very different decision-making path. And that decision-making path doesn't happen in the, the logical side of the brain. It happens over in the emotional side of the brain. Mm-hmm. And so informing people of what you do is not enough to get yeah. to the actions that you want. And so you really need to think about, you know, do do we have the information out? Is it clear? But also, is it like, look at your data. Are you attracting in exactly Mm -hmm. the right people? Like, are the people that you would love to love to to know you and show up? Are those people showing up? Mm -hmm. Are enough of them showing up on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. And are they showing up to buy, to do, to take the desirable actions that you want? Or like you were saying, are people showing up and they're exactly the right people, but they want to, they want an audit or they yeah. want something that you they don't need something have. you don't have. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. they want to come to, you know what they come to you and they, what they're really looking for is cancer research, but you actually do cancer patient support, but they saw cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm, where's there a gap? So like, there are some things that you can look at there on the, do we, do we need that? but that's not the only thing to look at. So we did it. We made this other assessment tool. It's just a 10 question assessment. That's called, are you ready for a rebrand? Because mm-hmm. like you were just saying a little while ago, even though somebody's like, you might know that word branding. Oh, somebody said branding. Mm-hmm. We need, we need to get us some branding or, yeah. or, 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 you know, what typically happens a board member or a board member's kid or somebody in the world said something mm-hmm. And somebody walked into your office and said, why don't we have fill in the Mm -hmm. blank, right? Mm -hmm. Why aren't we doing all of that stuff? And then you get onto this hamster wheel of trying to do the thing that somebody believes that you need to do. Yeah. However, there's readiness to do that, to to do the right project. So a a brand strategy is an amazing project. They are comprehensive. They are in-depth. They solve the big problems. They fix mm-hmm. your, they, they realign your audience. They identify mm-hmm. your message. They, they, they structure your image and, and put your brand in alignment. And then at the end, they make sure that the experience that you're, that you promised is actually showing up. Mm-hmm. We call it audience message, image experience, Amy. Mm-hmm. And so a, a, a true strategic branding will fix all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. amazing. However, mm-hmm. does not happen overnight. So right. it takes a long time is not inexpensive. So it requires an investment. A hundred percent requires collaboration, participation. Mm-hmm. So you need people, you need people who have the time, who are excited about the project. It requires leadership buy-in, whatever mm-hmm. leadership means to you. It may mean right. 
may mean your executive director. It may mean the board. It may mean the volunteers. Where's the power in your organization? Where Mm -hmm. are the roadblocks to, if we make these decisions, are they going to accept it, embrace it and move forward? Or are you going Mm -hmm. to get resistance? So you, it's not enough to just say, we're having these problems. We need to fix these problems. You have to look at your organization and Mm -hmm. are you ready to take on the kind of project that you believe that you need. And if, if there's a disconnect mm-hmm. and you try and force the project that you want through, it's just going to be a world of hurt. You're just, you're yeah. not going to get the benefit of it. So you might, you know, you might be a trained marketer in your organization who really does know you have audience mm-hmm. problems, you have messaging problems, you have positioning mm-hmm. problems, but you don't have the buy-in from your CEO. Honestly, I would advise yeah. you start for the, start somewhere else. You can do a logo and identity and come back to it three years later after you've done the other work. You can mm-hmm. do a marketing project right now. If the main problem you're having right now is that you don't have enough donations, a branding project is not going to solve that Right. Not to say it won't solve it, but it's not going to solve it quickly. A marketing yeah. project problem will solve it quickly. So it's so important to think about what's the problem we're having which of these kind of projects is the best thing to solve that problem? And based on what I think I need as an organization, what are we ready to take on right now? You've mm-hmm. got to look at it both ways or, or, or you'll just, you'll just spend money, time, energy, mm-hmm. and just get really frustrated. And I never want that for somebody, even though yeah. you know, there's so many times I look at an organization and I really know for sure that they need strategy. Like they really need strategy. But if they don't have the budget, if they don't right. have a team, mm-hmm. I'm not going to advise them to do that because it's just, it's not, it's not going to help move them forward right now. It's better mm-hmm. to take on a smaller actionable project and move a couple of step forwards. Don't we sure. say don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of, you know, not just diving right into a project without the buy-in because I've personally sat through strategic planning over a logo that was one oh, of the yeah. projects mm-hmm. it was a anybody listening that's been through that process is painful there's so many cooks in the kitchen um mm-hmm. and making that decision that it is it's it's very painful and i think that that's why organizations do that but i think um, a lot of times for me it's not always the logo and i and i have a personal experience with this that it was it was funny i was talking with a marketing consultant that i was working with and he said tasha it's just really interesting talking to you because when i looked at all of your stuff online what i see online versus talking to you and what I think makes you so great or makes your company so great, I would never expect, and I heard this from a few different people that kind of specialize in the marketing, but happen to be working with nonprofits and I cross paths with them in different ways, not intentional. But what I think makes you so great and interesting to work with is not showing up in your online presence. It's just not there in that way. Mm. And so I just kind of thought about that. There's a little bit of a disconnect on, you know, what makes an organization so interesting, or maybe it's the leader that makes it so interesting or the program that makes it so interesting. Like, why is it better or different than Mm -hmm. what else is out there? And I also believe, and I tell people this all the time for us, it's not like 
we're doing something so innovative, you know, we're Steve Jobs creating this thing called Apple computers. We're not that great. I mean, we're not, <laughs> we're not changing the world as we see it. Um, we're doing accounting services. But what's interesting is there is such a need already out there for a service that we already do. It's about figuring out how to introduce ourselves to those people. And how do we get enough traction uh, to, to be introduced to the people that we need to serve. And so I think that that's the thing with a lot of nonprofits. It's not that there's not people out there that would support your cause. It's not that there are not people enough people out there that you could serve. There's more than enough that you ever need abundance, I believe, a, a mindset of abundance um, on both donors. And, I say and that all the time. Mm -hmm. um, it's just getting um, introduced to them. And in the world that we live in, it's largely um, digital. So kind of digital marketing space and, and figuring out how to communicate yourself in a way that when you tell your story, and you have that passion, does it show up in your words? And mm -hmm. and you had you had spoke earlier about, about really smart people starting businesses. And a lot of time in the beginning, they'll create a lot of a copy. And the and what I've learned, because I've gone through multiple of these projects at this point, how you would write an email or how you would write um, a biography, like a bio, how you would uh, write things in general, a grant application is completely different than how you would write your yep. website. And it's usually the same person, they don't know this, because they're not marketers, they're not they're not copywriters. Um, I didn't realize that I wrote all the copy on my first website. And then I realized it was extremely formal. And it was, I thought pretty clear. But there was a disconnect between Tasha, the casual, easygoing, approachable accountant right. that a lot of people like working with, because I'm approachable versus somebody that's like super formal and uses a lot of jargon, which is not me at all. Um, so it, it's really interesting uh, that these different projects that you can kind of consider and figuring out where your problems are. And like you said, if you don't have buy-in from the top on any of these things, it's, it's, you're finding an uphill battle, whether it's issues with your board is not on board um, with the investment of it, whether they don't see the value in it. Um, I think is oftentimes the case, or it could come down to, I just don't like that color or I don't like that particular logo. I mean, the options of, of, of and part of it is framing it to prevent that because that's exactly mm. what happens whenever you're dealing with anything. Like well, I was going to say, when it comes to numbers and accounting, people can't say, well, I, I don't, I don't like that. EBITDA. You know? <laughs> it mm -hmm. is what things are what it is, but in our world, things are very subjective and it's so mm -hmm. important to really set the framework so that people understand the impact of choices. You know, one of the, like mm -hmm. when we're doing a logo, we always do a creative brief intake and we ask people mm -hmm. questions about, well, what are your preferences? But why is that your preference? How do you think that preference is going to impact the impression that you're creating? Mm -hmm. And then we review, well, these are all the things, These this is what we said. These are the words that said what we want to look like and represent ourselves like, because the minute mm -hmm. you start showing people logos, People go, oh, I like that one. I like that one. I don't mm -hmm. like it. I hate that one. And mm -hmm. all of the logical reasons about what yeah. we communicate can easily go out of your head. One yeah. of the worlds we have, we show first round logos in black and white. Because mm -hmm. it's emotional. And mm -hmm. so, and it's so hard to tell people, like, we're going to create this really cool thing that we want you to get very attached to. And we want your people to get attached to. But in the planning of it, we need to take the emotion out of it so that we're making business decisions, even with mm. something visual and creative and not letting personal mm. likes and dislikes or um, which color palette you'd like better or, mm. or it just, you've got to reduce the decision-making because it, it can idea. be very, very tricky. And it's, and it's, 
it, honestly, it's exactly the same thing in that copywriting. You know, when we, mm -hmm. when we begin to write, especially when we're writing our own websites and doing things, you're writing from the perspective of what do I want people to know? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is writing doesn't become effective until you have an audience. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about what you want to say, you know, it's, it's what it's about what do they want to hear and how do they receive yeah. what you're saying? You know, I always joke with people, um, like, do you have children? Like, how mm -hmm. often are you sure, sure that you were perfectly clear when you told your kid what Never. to do? And that kid <laughs> says, no, 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 no. You didn't, you, that's not what you said, or that's not what they, they hear what they want to hear. You can control what you say. You cannot control what people hear. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people often talk about, well, we want to write a key. We want to do our messaging. You can't do messaging without considering your audience. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't write to an audience without considering out of all the audiences you could potentially reach, who are the most important ones to reach? Because it's really mm -hmm. easy to write to or get overly focused on an audience you like or an audience that you just know really well or that you're more mm -hmm. comfortable with. And the next thing you know, you're living a brand that isn't attracting in what you need to thrive. Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, it absolutely. And, it, and it, it doesn't come out of maliciousness or anything. It comes out of just that natural you know, doing what seems right. Marketing feels like it should be something that you should have a gut feeling is that there's, there's absolutely some art, there's some mm -hmm. art there's some, and there's some experimentation, but a lot of times what you think will win does not win. Sure. And so there's a lot more to be said for, you know, talking to the right people, interviewing, making sure that you really understand the world from somebody else's perspective. One of the things I say all the time is that no one cares that your organization exists. Mm -hmm. It's a horrible thing to say to, to a potential client, to anybody that's out there, but people do not give money to your mm -hmm. organization so that it exists. They give money, they join memberships, they um, enroll in schools mm -hmm. to make their own dreams come true. And the faster we learn to become the facilitator of someone else's dreams, mm -hmm. the closer we will get to delivering on to finding the right things to promise people based on what mm. they want and being able to deliver on behalf of them to really recognize that like our organizations are conduits for mm. to help somebody else achieve something. Mm. And that, that you as an organization, like they could give that money to somebody else. Sure. What, can, what, what does this person want to achieve and why is achieving it through you, their best path to success? Mm. Like, it's really tricky. I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners might have heard of a writer called Simon Sinek who mm -hmm. wrote a book yeah. called Start With Why. Amazing, mm -hmm. amazing book. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Simon says, people don't buy what you do, buy how you do it. That can get really tricky in the thing that you were saying is talking about why you do something can get strategery really fast. You mm -hmm. start getting super lofty. On the other hand, being tactical and talking about, well, we have programs for, you know, making sure that kids get breakfast in schools, not very inspiring. So the, mm -hmm. it's, the answer is like, what, how do you find that path in between the lofty lofty and the passion, but still have enough facts and details and functionality in something so that people are left with clarity around what you do mm -hmm. and a belief 
that partnering with you, participating in your work together, it's mm-hmm. is what's going to solve the problem at hand. Love all of that. Um, it's it, it's kind of brings me to my next question. So let's assume that this there's nonprofits out there. Like, yeah, everything you said. We we need. Mm-hmm. all of the things, or, or we may not necessarily know all of the things that we need, but we know we need to do something different, right? Um, when an organization approaches you to update their brand, what, what is the first step? Or what are the first few steps that you go through in discovering what this new image should be? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is a very overwhelming, daunting task for so many people. They like, oh, yeah. I know I need to do that. I don't even know where to get started. How would you get started with, with a client in determining this? It's a great question. And I mean, the first, the very, very first step is the things that we talked about, absolutely making sure that we're doing the right project. Mm -hmm. Sometimes somebody comes to us and it's really very clear that rebranding uh, is exactly is is what they need for all the right reasons. They they know mm-hmm. they need they pick the right project. They 100% should be doing a brand identity. They 100% mm-hmm. should be doing a brand awareness project or 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 the brand strategy. That yes, we already know. If there's some lack of clarity around mm-hmm. that. There's really two ways that we address trying to get some clarity on it. One okay. is we take something out of kind of stage one of the project and pull it off onto its own thing. And we call mm-hmm. it a stakeholder session. As mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably are hearing, our approach to branding, we call it audience-centered branding. So mm-hmm. everything that we do is through the perspective of you have to know who your lovers and likers are and that mm-hmm. we're going to grow an organization that puts your lovers and your likers in the middle. And then we're going to design marketing to keep attracting things into that mm-hmm. center. You need to know your center and build a center and design for the center. Otherwise you will exhaust yourself filling mm-hmm. up six or seven or eight separate buckets that are not attached to each other and start mm-hmm. leaking out before you ever get around to touching them again. Mm. So putting the most important people, audience center, getting the and getting the right audience into the center of that brand. It's not the same as marketing. You've got to market mm-hmm. for lots of different people, but at a brand level, really getting clarity on that. So, um, so first we have to figure that out is, you know, if it's, if we don't know if, if this is what's needed, how do we figure it out? So one mm-hmm. approach is we, we, we get an, we get, it's pretty easy to get an idea of who all of your audiences are and we mm-hmm. get a selection of them. One of each, mm-hmm. we call it the one of each, we get a volunteer, okay. we get some staff members, we get some leadership, we get some board members, we get some constituents, as many different people and we bring them together for a discussion group. I don't like to call it a focus group that's overly formal and just very rigid. A discussion group around the ideas of what problems are we trying to solve? Where are our opportunities? Where are our challenges? What are we doing now? What do we think is working? What do we think is not working? If if there was all the money in the world, what would we do? Mm. But because there's not all the money in the world and the problems that we think are what do we think would be the most important thing to do right you know, next? Mm-hmm. So this is a stakeholder session. And sometimes we can really clarify the nature of the project through this sort of couple of hour workshop session. For mm-hmm. some people, that's not enough. And so mm-hmm. in that case, what we will do is a branding feasibility study. And mm-hmm. so we take versions of our discovery research. You know, we call it our audience section. So we will Mm -hmm. 
we will go through certain aspects of that. We will do a stakeholder session. We will do a communication audit. We will do a competitive review. We will mm-hmm. do in. We will find out who the lovers and likers are, and we will do interviews with them. And then we'll come back and take what we learned through those people and do some surveys. Those are all the components of what we would do if we were initiating a branding project. But we do it with a slightly different set of questions. And instead of finding out, well, what should our brand be? It's mm. Are there problems here that that the that the functionality that the structure of a branding project can solve? And sometimes we'll do that and we'll discover, wow, there actually isn't a strategic problem. The strategy here is good. Mm-hmm. We need we really do just need a new logo. Sometimes mm-hmm. we discover, you know what? It isn't a branding problem at all. There's an operational problem. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll discover it's that there's no there's no strategic plan. Like there's no goal. Sure. You sure. Know? So sometimes we'll find that they wrote a strategic plan. This is really tough when they yeah. just finished a strategic plan. And yeah. it turns out that that plan is unexecutable or unsupportable. Uh, so when we try and build a brand, we try, you know, we, when we go out and start talking to the audiences, the things mm-hmm. that this organization said, yes, we're going that way. Everybody else wants to go this way. So mm-hmm. a, a, a branding feasibility study, you know, it's, you know, the stakeholder session, a couple of hours. Feasibility mm-hmm. study, couple couple of months to really get through all that research and figure things out. On, on the one hand, we can use a lot of that research in branding. On the other mm-hmm. hand, it does take some time to figure it out. But we just did that with one client, mm-hmm. and it turned out they did not need to do to do a new strategy. So that mm-hmm. saved them a lot of money, a lot of time, sure. and a lot of rethinking of things. So it was inc- they found it incredibly helpful, and they were really surprised at how operational the answers were. I think the CEO at the organization really was like, mm-hmm. oh, branding, oh, branding. It's it's mm. something the marketing people want to do. Mm-hmm. And then after the result, you know, the, the, the data and the information came back in, the insights that they got on, on what's working and what's not working made it clear that while it would have been lovely to rebrand on this one, like we came up with a big idea that would have mm-hmm. been really she said, you know what, that would be amazing if we could operationalize it, but we can't. Which mm-hmm. So we've got the audience research, you know, we've got message development, we've got image, but the last piece of branding is experience. And that's the mm-hmm. piece people forget. They, they're like, ta-da, we have a new logo, mm-hmm. we're done. No, you're not. If you said this is your audience and you've defined this is our promise, this is our message, this is our brand, you... It, you're not done until you've now looked at your organization, your programs, your marketing, your website, and really said, is everything that we're doing mm-hmm. set up to serve that goal, set up to deliver on that promise, set up to have the customer service experience yeah. that aligns with the values, with all the things that we said we were going to be in this world. Because mm-hmm. if you stop and don't do it, it's, I hate to say it, it's almost worse than if you do nothing. If you go sure. out there and start talking about your shiny new logo, how great you are, rebranded, and we're all these amazing things. And everybody goes, yeah, but you still don't pick up the phone. Mm. It's almost worse because you're out there talking about how great you are and how mm. new you are and how amazing you are. And if people are feeling there's no difference, you would have been better off just like running the course sure. on your own. So you've mm. got to be, that's why, that's why we talk about the fact that having leadership buy-in is mm-hmm. the one critical factor in a strategic rebrand, because if you're not willing to make operational changes in how, in how you do things and why you do things, 
and you don't live the brand that you say you are, and if the leader isn't going to hold people's toes to the line about it, it's never the wheels. It's really hard to turn a ship. Sure. And so, and so there needs to be, there needs to be, I always say it's not, it's not like top down. Like when I say the leader has to have buy-in, I'm not saying the leader says how it's going to be and everybody else has to do it. What I mean is it's the leader with that red umbrella saying, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. Look at what we created I'm out here championing this come along for the ride. It's like a manifesto. You know, we call it a shared vision. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing. We've got to build out that shared vision. And the shared vision has to spread from the leader to the volunteer, to the direct line worker, to the the staff member, to the kids coming into your organization as as Mm first-time employees, to, to your constituents. It has to be pervasive or it's just going to read like a marketing exercise to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it just, it'll, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be difficult. And the, the marketing, the in-house team is going to get frustrated. It's going to bifurcate. And, um, and I, I just hate to see people putting that kind of energy and effort yeah. and hope into something and then not follow through with, are we, are we actually doing the things that we say we're going to do? Absolutely. You've given, you've given so many good nuggets, you know, knowing your audience, speaking to what their dream is and how they can realize your dream, keeping things simple, um, figuring out there's differences between branding. I love that talking about, you know, what, is it a logo? Is it a strategy? Is it, you know, execution operational problem? So Beth, you've given so much amazing little tidbits that I will absolutely say I have fallen victim to them myself and I've learned so much. I had an interest in marketing. Anytime you're running a business and you dive into this process, you, you just learn so much. And, And kind of speaking of learning, I'm, positive that there are listeners out there that are struggling with so many of the things that you talked about. If people wanted to hear more about the work that you're doing, how you've been able to work with some other nonprofits, and even um, some of those tools that you mentioned, are you ready for a rebrand? Um, what, what What's the best way people can find you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. And I would love, I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone about what they're thinking and, you know, help them figure out, we can run through this assessment. I can do, you know, whatever I can to help you figure out what's the right path for you. So my email, Beth at iris, I-R-I-S creative.com, easy way to get me. You can also mm-hmm. go to our website, iriscreative.com. There's a contact us form on that website. Okay. I have these, I have a copy of this assessment. They're just two PDF files. Anybody that just wants a copy of them, please feel free to email me and I'll be happy okay. to send them over to you if that's the easiest place to start. Or we okay. can book an intro call and have a just have an initial conversation around what you're thinking. So- thrilled to have a chat with anyone. Well, thanks for offering those resources to the listeners, Beth. And thank you again for coming on, joining us, sharing your words of wisdom. I certainly learned a lot of things and I know others did too. So until next time, everybody, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to a modern nonprofit podcast powered by the charity CFO. If your nonprofit is needing help with accounting or bookkeeping, head on over to the charitycfo.com to find information on the work we are doing with other nonprofits. If you found this information helpful, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast streaming platform so other nonprofit leaders can find us. We appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next episode.